Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's 1999 Podcast Like It's 1999 Podcast Like It's You want a podcast like it's 1999 Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999 The podcast where we look back at the movies of 1999 From half of a sawed off Range Rover Here in 2018 I'm one of your hosts, Kenny Nybart. And I'm Phil Iskov. And today we have Xander Lehman, the creator of Casual, a real-life television creator. Yeah. We don't yeah. get those very we often. We don't get those. Yeah. Um, who, uh, who chose... One of Kenny's favorite films of 99, I would say. Well, look. Going into this, yeah. it was one of the films I thought was the fucking stupidest and worst movies in 1999. Oh, that's interesting. I, <laughs> didn't, I did not like this movie in 1999. Uh, and I, I, it was always in my head that this was a stupid, flawed, um, aggressively ugly movie. It is now one of my favorite movies in 1999. It's grown on you. <laughs> Furthermore, it may be my favorite movie we've done so far. Wow. Whoa. No pressure here. Jesus. Um, Seriously? Uh, yes. Oh, it, my God. It, uh, All right. We'll All see right. how the podcast goes. But right now, the the... So Xander, I'm just going to skip to the end. You do know we do zero to ninety nine, a ranking at the end. Uh, I I didn't, but I'm excited to rank. So right now, my <laughs> did rank- you see this in ninety nine? Uh, I think I probably did, and okay. I probably thought it was the most risque movie I'd ever seen. Yes, <laughs> it's uh, aggressive. Well, in its, I, I yeah, always sure. remembered that scene where where the four guys are yep relieving themselves of the urinals uh-huh. with the shark. Oh yeah, yep. towels, and then you drop the shark towels. Uh huh. There's a lot so, of penis in this movie. A lot of penis. A lot of penis. It's just um, yeah. it's, it's really just one penis, but a lot of that one penis. <laughs> you know? True. True. But um, true. I really, I did. I thought this was a, like a, a stupid movie, and I, I was fucking blown away by it this time. Like yeah. truly, like, like I 
Let's I will talk say about I will say this though. My esteem for this movie has changed. Hmm. But I would say that I like it maybe the same, if that makes any sense. Like when I saw it in ninety nine. I understand that it was it, it was one of those things that I saw it. I remember I saw it with one of my good friends, Dimitri, who hates Oliver Stone. And I have per- sort of personally a, or his wife? No, he doesn't know personally <laughs> oh, okay. his films. Sorry, Oliver. It's, it yeah. sounded so personal. <laughs> and I have a love. I don't know if it's love-hate, but it's love-dislike with Oliver Stone. Some of his films I really do consider some of my favorite films. And then other ones I'm just like, I'm not into this. And this film falls somewhere in between that for me. And I'm still conflicted about this movie. But I think this movie raises a lot of really interesting intellectual, sociopolitical ideas that I did not catch in 99. I feel the same way. Yeah. Exact same way. I, I, Me too. I also think – what is happening right now in sports? Literally, as we speak, they Literally just announced another speak. fucking thing about this. Well, what do yeah. they say now? I uh, I think Phil's alluding to how the Dolphins are going to suspend players. No, they just announced another thing. Tell me. Uh, basically, they said that there will be no policies that are actually enacted until the NFL and the NFLPA have come to some sort of an agreement oh, on wow. this situation. So I guess that's good. Yeah. It just goes to show, like, Miami but, can't do what they're saying they're going right. to do. Right. The players have some control over this. Yeah. Maybe. But I mean, well, it, but well, your yeah, point. what's happening yeah. in, in football, I mean, certainly with the Colin Kaepernick stuff, but, you know, CTE for, for certain, sure, sure, sure. Um, you know, obviously the corporatization of this and, and careers getting cut short and all these things um, more relevant now than in 99. Totally. It's kind of amazing what he foresaw. It, it The that movie felt extreme. I feel like in the time that it came out, yeah. it felt like it was an over the top version of the NFL. And then you watch it today and you go. And it's, I believe this. Yeah. It feels so, more or less real. So that's why I hated the movie. Because <laughs> um, it didn't feel like a football movie, quote unquote. Kind of. I, yeah. I, I think it, uh, I think it, I fe- it felt like a personal assault. It felt like a personal attack on right. me and my lifelong obsession with the NFL. Sure. And in 2018, I'm like so many NFL fans where I am very conflicted mm-hmm. about my obsession with the NFL, which stands today. It's, it's my number one sport. I watch every giant game. Um, I, I, I follow it in the off season. But I'm super conflicted because I'm well aware that we are killing these people. Yeah. And it's – this movie, I think, is wrestling with those same things. And I, I think agree. that Phil and I talked a lot about it off mic. And I think your point was, in a lot of ways, it's a typical football movie. Like, they hit a lot of the typical beats. But I think Story-wise. Story-wise, yeah, right. right? And I think that's necessary to kind of show this conflict that we have consuming this product. It's also necessary – for an audience to be able to engage with it. Do you know what I mean? Like it has to sort of, it, 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 it plays with some tropes. And again, I just want to go on record. I am not a sports person. I don't know much about the inner workings of the NFL or football. I'm a passive viewer at best. I like movies about football for the most part, but that's really all that I this can This is say. my favorite movie about football. It's not even close. Which is, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I, don't know what my favorite football movie would be off the top of my I head. I just think this is just playing on a different level. This is just like this is, and I yeah. I fully agree with you. I mean, this was one of those things where uh, Kenny and I texted a little bit about this beforehand, okay. and I went into this thinking Oliver Stone is a double edged sword. You know, there's a, it, it can be a lot, and this movie's a lot, and I think you agree with me on the sense that it is an assault on the senses which which i which is intentional. which i would argue is completely intentional no i think yeah. it's completely intentional i don't yeah. think that any of it is at anybody's whim despite what roger ebert said about it <laughs> i do think that it is 
an aggressive movie and it's an ugly movie at times mm-hmm. and it's showing the under the ugly underbelly of a sport that so many people love. So it's not an enjoyable experience in quotation marks. No. That's not to say that it's not a movie that I don't respect and think that it is doing some very interesting things and we'll talk about those things. But it's hard for me to say it's a movie I like, if that makes sense. I like, I gotta say, I... The whole movie feels like it's shot handheld. There was four editors on it. It feels like they had no idea what they were doing until they found something. But I love the dialogue scenes. I love Jamie Foxx and Al Pacino talking to each other. I love Jamie Foxx being like, this is what my career was, and this is what I was typecast as, and this is what I'm breaking out from. And like, I could put aside all the crazy, weird, montage-y, close-up, handheld shit that I usually hate Uh because those dialogue scenes are so good. Let's break out that scene real fast just for for the fun of it. (laughs) We're talking about the the, The the gladiator scene. scene. The lunch scene. When he invites him over for lunch. When he invites him over and it's it's cross-cut with 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 Benner. So, so, one, it's cross-cut with Benner, right? This movie's evoking gladiators and it's evoking warriors like soldiers all Mm -hmm. movie long. So, Mm -hmm. these are our modern warriors. These are our modern gladiators. These guys are playing a fucking game. They should not be our modern warriors and modern gladiators. <laughs> right. So Stone is pushing that in front of you. Second, he runs down his career, right? Mm-hmm. So he dropped four rounds for accepting $300? A suit, yeah. a $300 suit. A suit, that's a real thing that's been happening, uh-huh. right? Yeah. That's the Louisville scandal. That's what's taking down the – that's what take, took down right. Arizona. Shaq's son mm-hmm. just transferred from – or he changed where he was going to go to college from Arizona to UCLA because the Arizona program is in a lot of trouble. This basketball, but it's throughout all sports. Uh-huh. Then he talks about – so he got buried at his first place. Then he talks about going somewhere where the coach wanted to turn him into a cornerback. Right, because he, he can't have a black quarterback. Can't, he got quick feet, quick right? Quick feet. It's exactly what they were trying to do with Lamar Jackson this mm-hmm. year. Really? Yeah. There were five quarterbacks in this draft, right? Uh-huh. There was four white quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson was the Heisman Trophy two years ago. He's one of the most accurate passers of all time. He has a huge left he's – a, he's a huge left-handed arm, very accurate. And African-American, just African-American, and they wanted to turn him, well, one team wanted to turn him into receiver or cornerback. Something like that. Safety. Something like they that. see that Terrell Pryor model. They're like, oh, we can do that. That's yeah, yeah, Terrell Pryor. I mean, they, they, they do it all the time, or they try is, to. I, for the layman's, like myself, why, what's the incentive to do that? And I just, I, if you have um, a talent in one position, I, I, why would you put somebody so in So typically speaking, um, NFL prototypical quarterback is a, uh, pocket pass. So that means they stay behind mm-hmm. the line and pass the ball. Mm-hmm. There's the there's this modern idea of quarterback that Willie Beeman kind of embodies. And that guy runs, right? So he mm-hmm. throws the ball, but he also breaks outside the tackle box. Mm-hmm. He runs with the ball or he runs like a running back. Um, those guys tend to be black. Right? Not always. Johnny Manziel's mm-hmm. that guy, but mm-hmm. Tim Tebow is And it's is dangerous kind of to do that, I'm, I'm assuming. Well, being, yeah. Those right. careers are shorter, okay. for sure. So that's one incentive to maybe move them to another position. I think also because there's only 30 quarterbacks, but you got 120 wide receivers. Like, oh, wow. You basically could have a team with four or five receivers, so this guy might get might get time as a receiver, but as a quarterback, like you're, you got to be one of the top 30 guys to play because they never use the backup quarterback. Yeah. Or the third. Never. Well, like Willie Beam was the third quarterback. <laughs> uh-huh. So that was really almost every beat in that scene just reminded me of another quarterback or another situation that's mm-hmm. really happening. Uh-huh. Um, was it happening was then as well? Or a little you, bit. Uh, like Michael Vick? Was that so pre-Vick? Uh, I think it predated Vick by a little bit. Uh-huh. But um, okay. there were definitely quarterbacks who were forced to move Randall position. Randall Cunningham used to do a little running. Yeah. I mean, you know, he was the punter. Yeah. Um, it's, it is, it's the scene that definitely 
this is going to be a weird way to put it, but ages the best if if that's the right mm. way to put it. I think that in 99, you watch that scene and you might find yourself being like, this feels a little on the nose. I also felt like, but now it's crazy. Fucking Ben Hur bullshit. I know. Now right? I think it's, it's so much intercutting. Yeah. yeah. It's always yeah. in there. Yeah. Yeah. He's, and I wish I tried to look this up and I couldn't find it. So my apologies, but, but Oliver Stone has some sort of a terminology he uses for the way he cross cuts and the way he cuts between images and the scene, mm. if that's the right way of putting it. And it's, it's some sort of a like lateral thinking where he feels as though he's, and, and Lynch sort of does it a little bit too. There's a lot of filmmakers that do it. Stone does it in a very different way. It's a very visceral way. Uh, they do it in a more dreamlike way. He does it in a nightmarish way. But I think that there's something very, it's easy to say that these images don't mean anything because it feels so haphazard, but it's not. And I give full credit to him. I think he has intent on every cut and everything that we're seeing. It's, you talk about the gladiator stuff, but also like the old timey footage I'm talking, stuff. Yeah, I'm yeah. just talking about everything in general. I'm talking about really Oliver Stone's work basically post JFK right. when he kind of found this new stylistic choice in terms of the way that he edited his films. And I think it's interesting. I think that sometimes it's insane and feels just like, what am I watching? Like Natural Born Killers, which I right. actually quite enjoy, mm-hmm. but I understand some people that don't. Um, but it's, he's, I don't know. I do find it interesting. And it works in this film Natural most of the Killers time. is an amazing movie, too, for I, a lot of the same reasons yeah. as this one is. It, it yeah. predicted these, a lot of what happened, what, what's happened. These the two last movies have years. a lot yeah. of similar. They're definitely mirrors of each other in terms of one being media consumption and how we, you know, consume the news mm-hmm. or what we consider to be the news. And this, obviously, with, with uh, this sort of, I, I would say, a condemnation of football for all intents and purposes. It abs- to me, it absolutely is that. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's one of the only sports movies I could think of that outright hates the sport it's about. Mm-hmm. It, certainly, it certainly feels that way. I want to just take a step back. <laughs> sure. um, you want to ask Xander some uh, exactly biographical what I want questions? To I want to ask Xander about his... <laughs> I, I couldn't resist. Sorry, guys. We jumped no, right into it. We, we do that. We do yeah. that a lot. Well, it's because we're not at the bit to talk about. But my, yeah. my, my sense is we would have just kept going. Yeah, for, yeah. And, and people, would, people would just be yeah. Googling him. So yeah. uh, the, where were you in 1999? Uh, where was I in 99? I would have been seventh grade, eighth grade. Oh, fuck off. Yeah, this was like, <laughs> I was like, I was about to be a teenager. Like, oh it, was my like God. it was all coming. So seventh, where were you a teenager? Almost? Uh, I was a teenager in the Bay Area in San Francisco. Oh, nice. Yeah. Does that make you a Niner fan or Raider fan? Niner fan, yeah. But I'm not a huge NFL fan anymore. I feel like you do. It's like the, the sport makes me uncomfortable. So I haven't gotten there, but... Okay. but I know I should. You might. I, I like. <laughs> I mean, but I, I think I'm it's interesting. For robot that football. Yeah, yeah. Of course, I'm down for robot football. Sign me up. Yeah. Big hits, big robots. Yeah, I, I think we need robot, robot football. Robot football would be huge right yeah. now. Like football is. Football is not as fun as it used to be, and it really it's it's a shame because I do think you know take out the violence and you know shorten careers and people fucking literally dying of CTE. <laughs> this should uh, this will speak volumes about myself, but you say football isn't fun anymore, and in my head I was like. Talking about Star Wars isn't fun anymore. Right. We've, we've talked about this recently. Talking about Star Wars isn't it's fun not, anymore. It's not fun anymore. No. People have, have ruined things now. It's, that yeah. was ever done. Star Wars was ruined by the fans. Football was ruined by, by itself. Corp- it's, yeah. it's eaten itself. Yeah. It has. Yeah. I guess it, it was doomed from the start. 
they make a lot of money. They're still hanging on. Yeah. So, I don't know how long it'll last, but they're hanging on. So you were a preteen 12, in, the, 12, in, the Bay, in the Bay Area. Yeah. I was like, I didn't know any. I basically watched this movie as like, this is awesome. This is like <laughs> football at its best. Football and it's boots. visceral. And like, that's yeah. the fucking locker room. Yeah. And like, they're sawing a car. Like, this is cool. Like, that's what I thought when I saw it the first time. Sure. So. Which, by the way, I mean, and that was kind of my argument with you a little bit this morning, a discussion about it's itself it's aggrandizing it and also trying to take it down at the same time yeah. which is a it's tough like that's a, a razor's edge and i think i was not smart enough to get that at no all. of course not <laughs> sure and that's that's sort of kind of my point too right which is that if you're not smart enough to pick up on the very smart things that are existing in this film it just seems like oh cool an it's eyeball sexy, on the field right well, there's yeah. drugs and women yeah. and they're winning yeah. and everyone's having fun yeah yeah it it, it I didn't know this either at the time. I I, I didn't either. I, I just came at it from I think a different point of view, which is this isn't what football's like at all. This is right. this is stupid. Um and I didn't realize, like I, I said to you this morning, it's that uh it's that quote that they said about Trump on Fox. Yes. Which is he is not it is not meant to be taken literally, but it is meant to be taken seriously. Right. And I feel very strongly about that right now. But uh in terms of where this movie falls. I think, and I, I said this to you on text, Phil, I think this is in the same category as Goodfellas, Wall Street, um, Fight Club, in that mm. a lot of people misunderstand totally. what this movie is doing mm-hmm. and like it for all the wrong reasons. Funny you mentioned a lot of masculine movies with the real guy-heavy yeah, shit. Yeah, that shit. Which where, can be very easily misinterpreted. Yeah, exactly. that shit yeah. where there are a lot of people going around being like, I like Goodfellas because yeah, it's, it's men being men. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I like Fight Club because I like people beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, or no or this movie because I like, you know, yeah. Coke and, yeah. and mm-hmm. other stuff and, that yeah. I don't even want to say. Well, it's, it, it is interesting that you bring that up, too, because, the, I mean, we're essentially circling the, the toxic masculinity that mm-hmm. exists in, in these films that we're speaking of. And I think that this movie is – it's definitely playing in that arena. I mean, yeah. it's, it's definitely – It's way more sympathetic to men. Yes. Than the other movies. This one, to me, the the yeah. the criminals are the corporations in this movie. The 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 corporatizing. So basically, the NFL, the Charles and Hestons, kind of the Cameron Diaz's to some extent, the protein bars that sponsor everything. You know, the league that puts it all on TV, and the doctors that put people out there, mm-hmm. and um, you know, with cortisone shots and and all of that stuff. Those guys are the bad guys, and I do think Oliver Stone James has, Woods. James, James Woods, Woods, who is the bad, the bad guy, guy in the world right now. Little, yeah. little evil man. <laughs> right. And, and there are no women in the movie anyway, so they don't have to worry about that. I think Cameron Diaz is so good in this I think movie. she's really good she's in this great. movie, too. Oh. I also, I was watching it thinking to myself, what was the other movie she did in 99? Because I forgot that it was being John Malkovich, which is such a mm. transformative performance, yeah. and she's Very so different. fucking good in that. And to think that she put in these two performances in one year is really impressive. This is, this is a remarkable performance, a remarkable yeah. role. Again, not Drawn from real life, this character did, didn't exist in the real world. Really? There really wasn't a. Are there any female owners? N- now there are daughters of owners. I mean, Jeannie Buss is an example, uh-huh. who's the Laker owner. But Marge okay. shot for the Reds. Marge from years shot. Ago. Or inherited the team from her husband. And yeah, she was exactly. kind of a monster. Same with Georgia Front, <laughs> Georgia Frontier for the Rams. Yeah, but there's now um, Tom Benson's daughter in New Orleans. Is basically running that team. She does a very good job. Seems to be a pattern. What's that of inheritance? Right. Oh yeah, which is the case in this movie, <laughs> in movie too. Yeah, yeah. But Cameron Diaz's character is like I I I think that's such a masterstroke making her yeah. the daughter. 
Um, she's and not I, taking it seriously. You just all every yeah. single scene is her being told, "Why are you doing this? This isn't what you care about." Give, the scene see, that kind of breaks my heart her. is the scene when she overhears her mom talking to Pacino. Yeah, and you're just like, "You don't even want this." Yeah, like you, you, you've you've inherited this thing you don't even like, really. And it's just you're trying to you're trying to appease a ghost. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's there is a lot of very kind of. I love that last name, Pagniacci. Good. Well, especially yeah. when he fucks it up in the locker room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's fantastic. I mean, that scene, by the way, I mean, that's a tricky scene. The J- Jamie Foxx scene? The scene when she walks in to the locker room and all mm-hmm. the guys are naked and she's walking in just like a ball buster who doesn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, that's a tricky scene to not make it goofy. S- goofy and, and like you're sexualizing her. They did it in a major league and it was goofy. Yeah, it was. Right, sure. Yeah, it was. We're in a goofy, yeah. wonderful, perfect movie about a sport that's a lot more pure. She slap it. She slaps someone's ass in Major she League, does. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Lou Brown's right there in the middle. I'm too old to be jumping in any lockers. <laughs> that's right. That's good. But it's 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 a testament to how good the performance is. Like that she's she's bringing it, and it could have it could have fallen flat, or with the wrong actress, he might not have been able to actually. It's it's a great scene. Is the yeah. point I'm trying to make. Mm-hmm. But, you know, doesn't she walk by some guy and say, like, don't stiffen up on me or something like yeah, that? Yeah, she does. Mm-hmm. She does. Like, it's, it's, a great, it's a great scene. Yeah. Yeah. She's great in it. Uh, were there other movies? I mean, you were 12 in 99. So this <laughs> might not be I the like? best. Yeah. What, what were the movies that do you remember? Yeah. I mean, I mean Matrix, I'm assuming, is one of them. Did we, was Cruel Intentions was 99, yeah, right? We just literally interviewed the director of Cruel Intentions. It's amazing. That was yeah. literally, that, you may have passed you, That would have been like, my first choice on this one. That movie yeah. was seminal to me as a like preteen going on sure, teenager pubescent uh, me too and I'm like oh my god these people are amazing they're rich and they're hot and yeah, they're having yeah. and he oh, drives yeah. a jaguar and like a great jaguar we should yeah. we should set him up with roger yeah you guys should do something together yeah. I, any any day i will be there that movie is like i've watched that movie a hundred times i can quote that movie like like it's nobody's it's so funny that's it's, that is my memory just here could you that imagine if, could you imagine if xander did the cruel hedges how great that pod would have been we, we, we just we, we just well, been like been slurping a, yeah, all over oh. yeah. i went in because i mean i i it was it was a, a tricky episode for, for yes Kenny i'm to, like to in navigate. love with that that yeah. movie yeah. and the guest we had the esteemed tom eisen uh-huh. less in love with the movie it was, but I, I, you know, it's interesting. It was, it was a good conversation. It, it, it really that's, was. That's yeah. kind of my yes. point. Like, and it's not to say that I wouldn't have loved to have you on, obviously, <laughs> for it. But it, it's one of those things where, you know, Kenny and I are, are, are doing a dance right now of trying to get guests on that are going to be interesting about the films that they're on for. Right. And it can't just be a love fest because then sometimes it's just not the best conversation. Yeah. And they're and not all so, great. And they're not all great. So. But so Cruel Intentions, you're 12. You see this movie. It yeah, blows your mind. That was the one. Right. I mean, that sure. was the thing. There was okay. like, oh, this is, I mean, weirdly, it was like, I, I didn't think I wanted to make those movies, but those movies don't exist as much. Those movies are not yeah. TV shows, right? It's right. like that's that's revenge or scandal or whatever mm-hmm. fucking bullshit it is. So like I loved that at the time because uh, TV was not cool then, and that was a movie that was like I watched that movie with my friends who were in middle school, and we like you know were like over the moon when Sarah Michelle Gellar made out with sure. Selma Blair. It's like that is like. Formative things as a young sexual preteen. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's my memory of '99. I mean, what yeah. else we got? You, it's an amazing year. Phantom Menace. <laughs> I always hated Phantom Menace. Yeah, that was yeah. always a piece of shit. Sure. Fair, yeah. fair. I mean, you've got ten things I hate about you. Yeah. You've got uh, a bunch of. I mean, Fight Club. Count is that Blair, Mr. Ripley. Is that Blair Witch. Blair Witch. Blair Witch. Project. Yeah. I rewatched that. Still holds up. It's yeah. yeah. It's, it's still great scary. Movie. It's still. It's a great. I thought it was. Uh, I like much like space. this movie. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a lot better on the rewatch than yeah. it at the time. Me too. 
Me too. Yeah, at the time, I found myself feeling like mm, I don't. It kind of a little, uh, little underwhelmed. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's a great year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an interesting year. But this film, which I'm going to give a little synopsis, and I now. think we should get into yeah, plot pretty quickly because there's so many moments I, yeah. I want to like dig Expound into. On. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just a quick synopsis. Four years ago, D'Amato, uh, what's his first name? God damn it. I can't think of his Coach. first name. <laughs> it's not, but okay. Uh, Tony. Tony. Yeah. Tony D'Amato, played by Al Pacino. Miami Sharks were at the top. Now his team is struggling with three consecutive losses, sliding attendance and aging heroes, particularly 30-year-old quarterback Jack Cap Rooney, played by Dennis Quaid. Off the field, D'Amato is struggling with a failed marriage and estranged children and is on a collision course with Christina Pagniacci. Pagniacci. Good. Uh, played by Cameron Diaz, the young president slash co-owner of the Sharks organization. Uh, Any Given Sunday opened on December 22nd, 1999 in first place with $13.5 million ahead of, and listen to this weekend, mm. Town to Mr. Ripley, Man on the Moon, Galaxy Quest, Girl Interrupted. Jesus. I mean, it's just insane. Murderers uh, Row. Murderers Row. Just yeah. an insane weekend. Uh, it would go on to make over $100 million worldwide on a $55 million budget. Uh, and he gives us he has 51% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics and 73% from audiences. 51% is so interesting it's to criminally me. criminally low. Yeah. It really, it really <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think people consider this like a lesser stone. Yeah. Right? I think you, you if you look at Stone's career, Stone, my old buddy. Um, <laughs> if you look at Stone, Ollie. no one calls him Stone <laughs> like <Ollie>. Spielberg. <laughs> if you look at By Ollie's. the way, we're also, just for the listeners, we're going to do our top five Oliver Stone films at the end of the podcast as well, so we can talk were about you, that a little bit. Were you prepared for that? Not really. I can yeah. throw some out that I like. Okay. <laughs> I was the one who suggested it, didn't prepare. But <laughs> I have mine. I know Jesus. what mine are. Right. I mean, I know what mine are. I'm going to name them right now. Um, do I name them right now? Well, I'm not going to say, like, what it, basically the, the big Stone movies. Yeah. You have Platoon, Platoon. Mm-hmm. you have Wall Street, mm-hmm. JFK. Mm-hmm. Uh, Born on the 4th of July. Born on the 4th of July, Nixon, mm-hmm. Natural Born Killers, mm-hmm. and that feels like the end of the list. Salvador as as is not big. Some of those are, are on my list and some of them are not. I'd say those are the majors. There's one on movies. there that you will be surprised about. I can tell it right now for what it's worth. Not U-Turn, is it? It is U-Turn. You love U-Turn? I do. Huh. Cool. <laughs> Good talk. All right. All right. That, that minor stone. I'd also say it's uh, my number five. But I'd yeah. also say The Doors is another oh, yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. considered a, a great. Has no third act, movie. but it's great for the first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's two. it's, it's interesting. Movie. But I feel like any given Sunday is kind of considered the when the wheels fell off a little bit. What's well, kind of the last one he's done that was relevant? I'm looking him up right now. Well, the question is: Are right, was the last one? They, all right, so U-turn doesn't really yeah. count. But yeah. was he? <laughs> no offense. A lot of people, I think, thinks. I think a lot of people think that Natural Born Killers was the end of it, and I would there argue are some people that, feel that, that this movie, at the very least, continues what he had going. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm pulling up his his filmography right now. I mean, it's it it. Okay, so you've got Platoon, Wall Street, Talk Radio, which is also a good mm-hmm. movie. Uh, Born on the Fourth of July, The Doors, JFK, Heaven and Earth, Natural Born Killers, Nixon, U Turn, Any Given Sunday. And then the next one is Alexander. Then I, it's World Trade Center. W. I thought Nixon was was before Natural Born Killers. Nixon, I think, is what people think is his last great movie. It, it, that that might very well be true. I mean, it's and, and you know then he does W. He does the Wall Street sequel, which is yeah, not very good. He does Savages, which people like Snowden, which I never saw. But it, it it does feel like I mean, if we're being real, this is the last good one, right? I mean, the last like and and when I say good, I mean. Great, really great. interesting, yeah. and yeah. yeah, the last one that feels W feels like he's licking his wounds and he's just going somewhere that he thinks people want him to go, but it's not a great movie. W's a bummer. Yeah, and World yeah. Trade Center is weird. Didn't see it. It's. Have you seen it, Kenny? No. It's. It's weird because it is incredibly earnest. 
mm-hmm. and incredibly just not what like when you hear Oliver Stone's making a 9-11 movie, I'm sure a lot of people shit themselves and said, like, what's this guy gonna do? Yeah. It's not a conspiracy movie. It's not it's a it's a, a really sweet movie about Nicolas Cage saving people. Right. It's just interesting that he that he chose to do it that way. It I, came out the same year as United ninety three. Yes. Um, it's hard, hard to beat that one. Yeah, yes. which is yeah. yeah. It's that's that's the yeah, that's, well, the that's a let's do let's do this kind of yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was kind of so it was kind of a weird spot for World yeah. Trade Center. I agree, and I saw Savages in the theater. I did too. Yeah, I did too. And it was just like what? that ending is really yeah. weird. She <laughs> <laughs> liked it kind of until the ending. Yeah, it's, 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 it's weird. It's, right. yeah. He's he's a very very interesting filmmaker. I think that as a human, I don't know his interviews are bonkers, and I'm just he's such a conspiracy nut mm-hmm. for lack of a better way of putting it but this movie baked into this film i think is a lot of very strong opinions about a sport that is as kenny put is killing people so and then just uh the other guy to talk about is pacino because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, you know kind of famously everyone knows pacino had these two phases like handsome boy al pacino who was one sure. of the great movie stars of all time mm-hmm. and then crazy old man al pacino <laughs> Um, this is kind of on the edge too, isn't it? I'd say this is this is we're in crazy old man Al Pacino yeah. by like I'm looking at his uh, I'm looking at his um, filmography right now, yeah. and I would say Heat is kind of that oh yeah inflection point where yeah. where he's like doing his last handsome so, boy movie so and he's moving into crazy man. Yeah, he's and not then, handsome anymore from that point. Because then if you look at his movies after that, City Hall, which is a crazy man movie, Donnie Brasco, which is one of the he's, fucking great performances great. of all he's time. Great in that movie. Yeah. Um, Devil's Advocate, which is the craziest man movie of all it time. Is. But he's kind of, and I'm I'm kind of sexy in that movie. And by yeah, that, I mean like he's, he's still, sexy still trying to be a sexy seductive, devil. Seductive, yeah. I'd say. <laughs> um, and then in this year, 1999, he gives two great performances. Yeah. I always thought it was one great performance and one joke scene chewing, <laughs> like 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 yeah. cigarette eating performance. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, no, he's no, unbelievable. He's, good. he's really good in this. Well, I mean, I think it's safe to say that what there's maybe five actors and that's being generous that could do the speech about inches at the end of that movie it's, and make it work yeah, it really and not make it seem total cornball cheese crazy to me he's great in that it's scene he, and that i think that is the thing about this movie is that when it does get quiet it's pretty like it's poignant and it's kind of heartbreaking yeah I, agree. I mean his whole and i put relationship in quotation marks with elizabeth berkeley in this movie is Really sad. Yeah. Yeah. He's just a really. He's just, always looking at pictures of his family. Yeah. He's a lost guy and he plays it really well. And how they, I mean, it's such a testament to his performance because he gets more and more exhausted yeah. as this movie goes on. And that's another reason Seeing why. His you know, eyes. Yeah. yeah. His eyes, yeah. his movements, and that scene, the inches speech at the end, he is beaten down. No, I think it's interesting that that's just the first playoff game and they lose the second yeah. one off camera. Like, yeah. he was. Done right. and lose it by like the, they got their asses handed to them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> by by Xander's right. hometown, San like, Francisco, San Francisco <laughs> prospectors. Making I mean, a game, <laughs> yeah, the prospectors. I, I mean, this is just I, yeah, yeah. The, the fake names. Can we talk about that well, for a second? I'm of the opinion, as you know, that, that everything in this movie was by design, right? Mm. Uh huh. And <laughs> I think uh, I think there's a reason that he chose Miami and he called them the Sharks. Because this is the whole take it, take it seriously, but not literally. They wanted they, they, he wanted to evoke a violent 
carnivorous, sure. uh-huh. man-eating, tear them apart animal. Not while the, the fucking and yeah, the <laughs> NFL is there saying we're the dolphins. <laughs> we're yeah. we're cute and cuddly. You can ride us if you want. But can I ask a question though? And this was so I, the I, NFL would not endorse this film. No, for a whole they bunch don't of endorse reasons. anything. The NFL won't put their That's name on true. anything. Though literally like. 10 NFL players or former yeah, players it. are in yeah. it, which yeah. is crazy Which is an endorsement in its own way, obviously. Well, right. it's, you know. it's a tacit endorsement from a guy. I mean, we'll talk about Lawrence Taylor at some point. But from it's a amazing. guy like Lawrence Taylor to do this movie that makes me think that Lawrence Taylor said, they have fucked me up. Yeah. Like the NFL. because sure. He's endorsing much, the message. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how yeah. much you know about Lawrence Taylor. Not much, but enough. I'll get into okay. it. But I, I think it's. The NFL doesn't endorse this film, which sounds worse than it is because it seems as though the NFL doesn't really endorse anything. Do anything. So it's understandable why they didn't endorse this one. Mm-hmm. But the fake names did take me out of it from time to time because they're preposterous. I love their uniforms. <laughs> I love like, the fake uniforms just, so much. They're so – The but, Knights uniforms oh without even, even, that even the numbers oh on God. the front, which yeah, is the, the cross. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And, the, and the, the team that has the color scheme, the blue, green, and yeah. yellow, there's no – there's no. never been any no. team. It takes me out too. The whole, the whole it does time take you I'm out like, a little oh bit. my God, what is this? It, but it, it does feel like he's like, fuck it. If I can't do it, I'm going to go far with it and I'm yeah. going to make it a joke. Which, which I love. Which I get. So I want to talk just a little bit about the development process of this film just very briefly before we get into the plot. Uh, so <laughs> this movie has so many names on it. I can't even tell you. Okay. Mm-hmm. As of May 1st, 1999, the screenplay's cover play page listed the following writers. Original draft by Jamie Williams and Richard Weiner, John Logan, Daniel Pine. Subsequent revisions by Gary Ross. Revisions by Reynold Gideon and Bruce A. Evans. Revisions by John Logan. Revisions by Lisa Amsterdam and Robert Zwenga. Latest revisions by Oliver Stone. That's amazing. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's, that's, the, that's cre- the best script Gary Ross has ever had. In, has <laughs> I mean, uh, possibly. But like... That's just that's so then the Writers Guild of America ultimately awarded screenplay credit to Logan and Stone for story credit to Pine and Logan. Williams and Wiener went uncredited for their original screenplay, but were credited for their work on the film as technical consultants. Mm. So obviously there was a shit ton of arbitration that happened here. But like that's how many hands this went through. And I will say. You don't feel it. Not Which really. says something. Not really. Do you know what I mean? Like, this thing could have felt like it was... Because it's such a director's movie. It's Stone, that's right? exactly it's Stone's true. voice. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Like, and it does seem like this movie was found entirely in the editing room. Mm-hmm. With the four editors. <laughs> With the four... <laughs> <laughs> editing rooms. Yes. Um, I mean, it's crazy that this it movie's is. coherent at all. Yeah. It is crazy. It's a miracle. Yeah. Um, but it's also, it does feel like he had carved out this little niche for himself of that type of filmmaking. Where he was clearly, I mean, Natural Born Killers, as we said, very similar to this. Mm-hmm. So it does feel like the last time he kind of does it, though. Because then it becomes surprisingly straight and narrow in terms of the way that his films are directed from that point on. Which I think is interesting because this film was successful. It is yeah. so weird. This guy is such a, he has such a, cast such a big shadow, I guess what I'm trying to say. Yes. We're 19 years out from, I would say, his last significant work, but he's still a significant filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if Oliver Stone came out with an Oscar-worthy movie next year, no one would bat an eyelash. I don't, I, don't, I don't disagree. I think what's interesting, too, just to get back to Snowden, is I remember when that was announced, and I was like, Oliver Stone doing a Snowden film? That sounds interesting. I mean, yeah. that sounds like something that could be ballsy and interesting, and he's going to sort of, you know, take a whack at that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's cool. And then it lands without a, anyone says anything about it. 
other than that JGL's accent was weird. It's weird. It's kind of weird subject material. Well, it's tough. It's just it's, tough. it's very inactive. And people don't like people don't know how to feel about that no. guy. Or really understand what he did. Yeah. <laughs> There's like, a lot of misinformation out there in Snowden world. <laughs> yes. <clearly. Yeah>. yes. <laughs> but but to yeah. that end, people to this day say, I can't wait to see the Oliver Stone movie about the Trump administration. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Um, I actually really can wait for I, that. I also I don't, can wait. I don't need that in my life. <laughs> also, like, people are, like, under the under like the assumption that JF, like, JFK was about the JFK administration, which it's not. Which it's not. Although Nixon is about him. No, I fucking that's think a, That's a Shakespearean tragic movie. I think Nixon is. It's not a biopic, really, but I think it's the best biopic ever made. It's a beast of a movie. Yeah. It's really, really well done. And, and it's... That's him at also sort of at the peak of his powers. He had a hard time getting that film financed. I mean, I think it was Carolco or however you pronounce that. Mm. That was one of their last was films. It? Yeah, I mean, Carolco. Sorry, he had a really tough time getting that movie made because JFK is about an assassination, and Nixon is about you know Watergate and this really sad man who was just looking for some sort of validation. Yeah, and for? it's it's a very it's it's tough, but it's amazing. It's really well done. Mm. Um, James Woods playing. H.R. Haldeman. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say Alan's line. It's, it's one of the great lines of all time. Um, whatever. Not a lot of people are listening to this podcast. My good friend, Alan. Is Haldy your agent? Haldy. He's really my, one of my best friends. Okay. I love Haldy. Um, and he, he was my agent for a very long period of time. I am no longer with him. So UTA, but, amazing. but he was one of my best friends. And the, and the story dates back to college. And, um, you know the story? Yeah, you told me. So, I love it so much. So we, I, we, he was at dinner with my parents, and we were trying to describe my grandfather to him. And my mom said, uh, have you ever seen Wag the Dog? He said, yeah. He says, you know Dustin Hoffman and Wag the Dog? That's, uh, that's Kenny's grandpa, grandfather. And Alan goes, you know James Woods and Nixon? That's my grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's so, it so dead. It was perfect. <laughs> it's amazing. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nixon's great, but it yeah. does feel like it's sort of – it, that's why I think W was so disappointing. I remember seeing that too and thinking like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then it was just so like – it had no teeth. I hate that fucking movie. It had no teeth. It's about, like, from a guy try, who's, it's about him trying to catch a ball in the outfield. Right. Yeah. Isn't that what the movie's about? It's kind of. <laughs> And a bunch of people that it's it's also it has that horrible like TV movie vibe where people are acting like real people, where Nixon never feels like that and JFK never feels like that. If we were doing the W podcast, you might see the different version of me that's not the best version where I sit like get real angry that they that <laughs> How he dare you make that this he movie. whiffed so yeah. badly. Yeah. He did whiff on that movie because now you can't even make like the fucking W miniseries, which which what well, you can. See. I'd be curious. To you see can that. do that. Yeah, and America wants to see that. Well, now. Ryan, Mur- you know, Ryan Murphy didn't do it. Like Katrina just got fucking shelved. And- wow, because he couldn't. They, they, yeah, we can talk about that off mic. But uh, oh, all right, <laughs> eat shit, listeners. No. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, this is not for you guys. <laughs> but that being said, I think that this film. First of all, there's an amazing article that that Kenny. I think you might have even sent this to me and then I sent it back to you. It doesn't yeah. matter. Ultimately, in The Ringer, they did a really great piece about this movie and yeah, how it is. Kay what... Austin Collins wrote it. I think it's K- fantastic. Cameron Collins, who I've, um, who I've, I've um, coordinated with, coordinated, <laughs> corresponded with a little bit about this. And he's okay. a very, very lovely guy. 
That's kind of the, the beginning of the end. The of beginning it, of the end of that. Super smart guy. I think he's with um, I think he's with the Atlantic now. But I'll look that up. It's it's a very he, there's a there's a bunch of really great stuff in this article, and I don't want to read the whole thing, but. Uh, there are some quotes from Stone that I think are really interesting. Vanity Fair. He's the lead, re- lead reviewer for Vanity Fair now. Uh, so in the article, he says, I've seen the movie more times than I can count, and I've never been sure that I liked it, only that I couldn't shake it. Any given Sunday treats football like military combat, and openly so. Stone, who reportedly made his cast watch Saving Private Ryan before filming, has made that very comparison when describing the sport. Football is mesmerizing because it's a figurative war. He told Premier Magazine in 99, you go in one direction till you can't till you get there, but you get there as a team, not as an individual. Uh, the players have long been my heroes, Stone also told the magazine. I see them in the same way as the men I've made movies about, Ron Kovic, Jim Garrison, Richard Nixon. They were people who went into the public arena and accomplished something, but paid a heavy price. Mm-hmm. That price for Stone alludes what happens to when players' bodies no longer hold up, uh, thrown away like old cars or washing machines, he says. And I think that that's... You know, you alluded to that a little bit, the military and the whole Ben-Hur and all that sort of stuff that we see in the movie, but it's shot that way, too. I mean, it is a punishing movie to watch. Yeah. Yeah. The football sequences, quite frankly, are kind of my least favorite sequences in the movie because they're so brutal they're, to watch. But, but they're supposed to be. They have no, to I know, be. No, 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 yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. And there's definitely, there's some flourishes, there's some fun. He's obviously playing with a little bit of some of the sports tropes, but... Some of that stuff is just like, I mean, when Cap goes down that first time, the shot that sticks with me is his hand grabbing oh. the, the, the grass mm-hmm. in just like searing pain. You're just like, this is fucking terrible. <laughs> it's really great. Football, especially professional football, is mm-hmm. fucking terrible. They're too big. They're too fast. Um, they hit too hard. And it's amazing someone hasn't died. Yeah. It really is. No one's died? In the NFL, no one's ever Not died. on the field. But people have had... People have been paralyzed. paralyzed. People, people have, yeah, that's awful. No like, last boy scout over here. <laughs> that's a great movie. I will say, look, I think the the football in this movie is so brutal and difficult, but it's yeah. also some of the best shot. That I feel that way stuff. too. It's so hard to shoot good sports, and like it's the great. spirals really are good. It looks real. All of it feels like you're in it. They catch like it's. I mean, it's well shot sports stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean the 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 game where they all stop. Uh, protecting Willie in the rain mm. is amazing. That yeah. shot, it, it's it's basically monochromatic. It's yeah. basically in black and white. And it's just awful. You just feel like, it, it feels like some of the nom footage from Platoon mm-hmm. and just being relentless. There's nowhere to hide. It's His helmet snaps off of his, his body. Yeah, he's hit so hard from behind that it knocks his helmet off. Which Remember happens that being every once in a while. Yeah. Seriously? I, 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 yeah, people get hit in the helmets will, will pop off. Or sometimes... They'll have a situation where a helmet will come off and the guy will keep playing yeah. because he's in a bind. Like, he, he's one of 11 men on the field. He, he owes it to his teammates to keep playing, but he has no fucking helmet on. So, you know, and they, and they don't do the thing that they probably should, which is just whistle the play dead. No. You know, at some point, you just got to be safe. But So there's some casting stuff I just wanted to throw out there real quick, just some stuff that didn't happen that could have been interesting. Clint Eastwood was sought after for the Al Pacino role, but he, he wanted to direct the picture. Uh, as well, and ultimately, I don't. Th- I don't think this God, would that have been a boring movie. Yeah, yeah. Clint Eastwood directing this film. I'm not sure what that is. Maybe grandized it. He may not. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's not fair. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, we don't know. Uh, Clint Eastwood in this movie, directed by Oliver Stone. Yeah, that's interesting. To and me. he also made the the euthanasia movie about women's boxing. <laughs> so like, sure. it's really the hard man, to say. The man contains multitudes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, De Niro turned it down. I mean, sure. I guess every Al Pacino. De Niro, I mean, I'm sure that they go to both of them at the same time. 
the character Jack Rose is loosely based on Jim Rome, I guess. Yeah, oh, that makes definitely. sense. Yep. Which is interesting. That happened to him, right? He, yeah, because yeah, right. he got attacked by a quarterback. Right. Jim Rome, yeah. yeah. Kind of famously. Uh, Cuba Call Gooding Jr. Yeah. was approached for Call Willie Beeman. Call me that one more time. Yeah. Okay. Call me Chris. Chris. Call me Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no idea what you're talking Chris. about. <laughs> Basically, um, Jim Rome had a show on ESPN. and Called? G- like Rome Rome's on burning. Rome or something. Well, that was a different one. That was oh. a later one. This is like the early 90s. The Jim Rome show. The Jim Rome show. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, it's, like, <laughs> it's, sure. it's called like Romy, Romy, Romy. Um, <laughs> we're far at that Rome. But uh, <laughs> wherever this I'm in Rome. is amazing. Um, <laughs> Rome's <laughs> holiday. Um, so uh, let me do the, the Roman thing. All right, so he had Jim Everett on. It was like, uh, for a time, like kind of a decent quarterback. Pretty good quarterback. Okay. For who? The Rams. The LA Rams at the time. But he had a bit of a temper. And his name last name was Everett. And at the time, Chris Everett, who was close enough, was one of the great women's tennis players of all time. Probably one of the two or three best women's tennis players of all time. This doesn't end well. And no, Jim Rome, just as a joke, just kept calling him Chris. He's like, what do, you, what, do you, what do you think about the season, Chris? What's going on, Chris? And Jim Everett finally goes, call me Chris one more time. And he does it. He goes, he's like, okay, Chris. <laughs> and Jim Everett gets up and knocks him out of his chair. Like just knocks on like, on air on air. Yeah. It's like this famous That's thing. That's amazing. So it was it was more in, there was there was more intent with Jim Everett than there was in this movie. <laughs> right. Sure, it is kind of an accident. He flies like fifty feet, but yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. met with Oliver Stone about playing the role of Willie Beeman, uh, but ultimately he went. He didn't want to give him the role because of Jerry Maguire. I guess he played a football mm-hmm. player already. I want to talk about Jamie Foxx when we get to it. Absolutely. Uh, Sean Puffy Combs was cast as Willie Beeman. Well, uh, we talked about this a little bit, but scheduling conflicts supposedly caused him to drop out, leaving the role for Jimmy Fox. Other sources cite that when the football experts began working with Combs, <laughs> he could in the quarterback drills, he couldn't throw the fucking ball, right. basically. And they were just like, this is not going to work. Really? That's he, what he isn't he an athlete? No, I don't, I, apparently not. Chris Tucker turned down the role. Of oh, Willie Beeman. That's a God. very different movie. So many happy turndowns here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So those are those are the big ones. Um yeah. There was apparently a serious thought about creating a new film involving Tony D'Amato coaching the Albuquerque Aztecs. Mm. Mm. Great locale. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Tax credit. <laughs> Tax credit. <laughs> um and uh you probably oh. get Danny Trejo to be in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh apparently Pacino was also set to play Ron Kovic in Born on the Fourth of July. Uh, in an earlier iteration that Stone was not going to direct, which I think is interesting. Would have killed it. Would have been amazing. Yeah. Not that Tom Cruise actually isn't great in that movie. because He is great. He is. Yeah. It's one of, one of the best Tom Cruise performances. Uh, so that's a whole bunch of uh, weird casting shit. Uh, you wanted to talk about Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. Uh, so where Jamie Foxx was at this point in his career was basically comedy actor. Yep. Right? He was in Living Color, and he had this kind of recurring role in Martin where he played Wanda. Um you like, seem to know Jamie Foxx's filmography quite well. Yeah, well, you know, he's like, uh, I, I loved In Living Color, and I kind of kept up on all those people. But, um, and I don't think Jamie Foxx is the best actor in real life. But when I, he nails it, like he nailed it in this movie and Collateral, for instance, mm-hmm. he's so good. And yes. um, I think that this is a very tricky role. There really wasn't a template for this role, right? This is not Rod Tidwell, right? No. This guy is... This guy is the from the moment he has that football in his hand, he is lead singer of the band. He is pillar of the black community. He is you know uh, lowest man on the totem pole, but also has to be the leader. Like that first 
that first huddle where he's screwing up the plays mm-hmm. is so good. But he also has to grow into Jamie Foxx superstar by the end of this movie. I think he did a tremendous I think he's great movie. in this film. I mean, I think that they they lucked out in a bunch of ways, as we mentioned. The yeah. people that were brought up. I mean, I, I think I think there's a version of this where Cuba Gooding Jr. is actually quite good in it. I mean, I, of, of the people that were circling this role, I could have seen that version a little bit. But I also think that there's a youth to Jamie Foxx yeah. here mm-hmm. that Cuba wasn't old, but like, you know what You've I mean? It's, it's Yeah. So I, I think he's great in this. What's interesting, though, is he, he makes this movie. Then he makes a movie called Bait in 2000, which mm-hmm. I've never seen. Then he does his television show for five years, the Jamie Foxx show. Was it like on the CW or something? UPN? Yeah, it was, there were 100 episodes of this show. Oh. So, you know, it so, ran so for a while. Yeah. So he's rich. <laughs> good for Jamie. Maybe. <laughs> he's uh, definitely rich. Then he does Ali. He's actually really good Oh, uh, he's Ali. fantastic. He's yeah. really good in Ali. Yeah, yeah. yeah Boudini Brown. Yeah, he's fantastic. Uh, and then he kind of, then, you know, it's, it's, the next big movie is Collateral. And I Ray in 2004. Good. I thought I mean, he was great in um, Baby Driver this year. I thought he was great in Baby Jarhead. He's actually yeah. really good in Jarhead. You didn't like it? I didn't see it. Oh. Ah. He's good in Jarhead. Mm-hmm. He's actually good in Miami Vice. Never saw it. Really? Some people like that. Are you one of them? I saw it once in the theater. I didn't hate it. Yeah. But I also, it's not a movie I feel it's any interest. Great. It's not great. It's not. Some great. people love Colin Farrell. I'm also not one of them. I like Colin Farrell when he's playing weirdo roles. Yeah, me too. And he's really, really good in those. Like, I, For instance, I thought he was great uh, last year in The Beguiled. Yeah, he's good in that. You know, or uh, The Lobster, Lobster's or, good. you know what I mean? Like, when he's doing things yeah. where he's not playing to his looks. Hall of, uh, horrible bosses. Horrible <laughs> bosses. Horrible <laughs> bosses. Uh, and I keep attributing, like, all of my malaprops to, like, oh, we're doing this at, like, 10 o'clock. I, I do it every podcast, <laughs> <laughs> no, matter, no matter what time it is. So should we, uh, let's get into the plot. Yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. Uh, so the movie opens with Native Americans chanting over gladiatorial footage. Because it's an Oliver Stone movie. Uh, I mean, I, I will say that once we kind of get into it and he gets past sort of the Vince Lombardi quote and the sort of. Which is ostensibly about war. Like he puts yeah, it out yeah. there right away. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, this. Yeah. I, I mean, no one shoots or edits a movie like him. So you really are just thrown into it from basically the jump. Uh, 20 minute fucking football scene yeah. game right into the game game right yeah. into the game where you don't know any of these characters you yeah. learn so much yeah. in the course of this game it's it's awesome he throws you in the deep master class. it's awesome yeah oh it's it's also it feels appropriate that oliver stone is one of the commentators right <laughs> uh in that article they they point out his amazing line with the with the at the, the end point? of the game i'm skipping way ahead yeah, yeah, but yeah. the guy loses the eye right and Oliver Stone, the commentator, just goes, looks like he has some damage to the eye. <laughs> <laughs> it's also, it made me think about uh, Scorsese doing the um, oh, the, the dispatch in, in, uh, in bringing out the dead. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, I don't know, like, they're actually, these some of these directors are actually pretty decent actors. I think like, Stone, Scorsese yeah. is, is a good actor. Stone is a good actor. A good actor. <laughs> I think he gave himself the most fun role. He kind of did. You know? Yeah. yeah. He gets, and also, it's a meta commentary on being the director and all of that. Like it, it, it feels appropriate. Uh, Dennis Quaid gets injured. Uh, at this point I wrote, this movie is already exhausting. Um, <laughs> and I wrote, and I wrote, I already think this is a million times better than I thought. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. It, here's what I'll say. It makes an impact from the very beginning. Like there's mm-hmm. just, it's, there's no, 
you can't ignore this movie. It's screaming in your face from basically the very beginning. Yeah. Um, the second string quarterback is uninjured. Uh, I wrote James Woods is playing the most James Woods character ever. So I, I want to point out two, two true to life things that this movie predicted. James Woods uh, is a monster. They're, they're, it, well, no, yes, James Woods is a monster is one of them. Not really predicted, but there's two things that it reminded me of. One, the quarterback's going back down to secession like that. I don't know if you remember this, but this happened to the Eagles. And um, really, yeah, this happened to the Eagles around oh two oh three, where Donovan McNabb, their first string quarterback, do you like, remember this? Almost like a black version of this Dennis Quaid character, like a stalwart in uh-huh. the community. Um, Just quit toying, but in hoying. No, remember that one? Quit. That was he was the third stringer for the Eagles too, right? He's supposed to be the hot shit guy, and they wouldn't put him in. This is go on. I love that. So, so he gets hurt in a game. Mm-hmm. Coy Detmer, Ty Detmer's brother, won't mean anything to you, Phil, but Coy Detmer. So, so little of this. Means yeah, Coy, Coy Detmer is his backup. Goes in like those two touchdown passes. Gets hurt. Yeah. Same game. Oh wow! And then, and the Eagles are the best team in the NFC at this point. AJ Feely third stringer goes in and takes the team to the playoffs. That happened very similarly to this. The other thing that happened also is a Donovan McNabb story. You may remember. <laughs> it's so silly. Willie Beam is throwing up all the time, right? Donovan McNabb threw up on the field yeah. in the Super Bowl on the final drive. Did they win? They lost. Oh. But under, like under center, oh, wow. he threw up just like Willie Beeman. So like, again, like this thing is like, it's I, like, real. It's, it's just like, at the time I remember being, I, I remember being like, no quarterback is going to throw up. And then Donna McNabb does it five years later. It's amazing. So, uh, Jamie Foxx gets put in. There's a cut to Oliver Stone taking a swig of whiskey from behind, <laughs> from behind the, uh, the mic, uh, Beeman throws up. And then, so he th- the first time he throws up, you might remember, Stone then cuts to some insane chopper shot over the fucking stadium. Yeah. Like, wh- why? War. Shut <laughs> 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 up. That, fir- that worked the first, like, six times I said it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tony gives Beeman a speech about picturing that he's back in the hood tossing the football with his dad, which he then throws back in his face later. Mm-hmm. Um, Beeman throws a touchdown, but the Sharks still lose. There are so many close-ups in this movie, but I will say that Oliver Stone is amazing at inserts. Like mm-hmm. his close-ups work incredibly well. There's a handful of filmmakers that I think he's in the sort of the I think Scorsese does an incredible job with them. I think Paul Thomas Anderson does it incredibly well, but his are just they're like punched to the face. Like yeah. they're just really You don't see him coming. They really don't. Uh, a priest comes into the locker room and gives a sermon. Yeah, which happens. Happen? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, but it's it. You don't like, see it a lot. Yeah, you know, locker room culture, right? Yeah, locker room. This this you know intersection between faith and hmm. football, and you know, the it just it just felt very much like not to get too highfalutin. It felt like an encapsulation of of America, hmm. right? Like like sure. all these things are getting put together in this like melting pot stew situation that don't necessarily go together, and people aren't even really thinking that hard about what's going on in that moment. But it's all these, all these like like things being served in in um, service of making money. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Yeah, I mean it's it it definitely felt a little weird to me. Just that that and I don't mean weird in the necessarily in the film, but just the idea that, and again, it feels like war. It feels like, you know, someone, a, a priest who's giving you your last rites before you mm-hmm. die in the field or whatever the case might be. But it's just this weird mashup of religion and and sports. And I know that to some people, sports are a religion. So I sort of, I get that. But I don't know. It just felt, I was, it just, it was a little jarring to me, if I'm being completely it's honest. It's funny. I, I thought it was humanizing in a weird way where you have this moment that they all stop right. their mm-hmm. bullshit. And I do, I mean, my impression is that athletes are very much a religious group. I'm sure um, it seems to be the case. I think, they're, I think we're talking 95 plus percent. Right. So something about it, it's like this It's this everyone moment. but Chris Long. Exactly. Yeah. He's the only guy <laughs> yeah. fighting, fighting a good fight. It's a well, moment where they just stop. Yeah, I thought the locker room was amazing. It, the locker, room, so was, the locker yeah. room was more tense than the field, I thought. Like that, that felt, yes. not real is not even the right word. It just, it just brought out that emotion in me. I also wanted to point out, like, there are little things that this movie does that no other sports movie would even consider. So there's this moment when Willie Beeman, I think, throws the touchdown, and he gets face masked, right, as he's mm-hmm. moving forward. Mm-hmm. You only see that in real football. Mm-hmm. Like, no one ever puts that in a movie. Because yeah. you would put it in a movie as a plot point. You know, he gets his face masked. Yeah. Um, I don't, you know, one thing I always loved about football, just kind of a nostalgic thing for me, is the 4 o'clock game, the later afternoon game, when it would start in daylight and end at night, oh, yeah. that happened in this game too. And it's so cool that like they're yeah. in the locker room during you know sunset, and you come back and it's a night game. I love that. Um, I love that Al Pacino says, I know that coach, he's a prick, right? And, you, and I know at least what that means. You know, this guy's going to rub it in. This guy's going to go for things he shouldn't go for. He thinks he's, like, I know what that means in mm-hmm. football parlance. And then the other thing that is a plot point in this movie but I've never really seen in a movie is LL Cool J's 1,500-yard bonus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he puts that out there right away. And it's interesting. That, like, there are that's a real thing in a lot of contracts. You know, these bonuses for certain milestones, mm-hmm. which is— Was it, it LL or was it— They both have them. Oh, they both, because Shark also had one, right? Well, yeah. he has a different bone. He has a— okay. he I'm he just making sure it was— Tackle, bonus. yeah. I think it was the sack bonus or maybe even a yeah, game, yeah, yeah, game, exactly. game yeah, play yeah. bonus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's a real thing, and there's a, uh, an open question about whether or not that's a good thing. If it's a good thing that that to set those bars, yeah, because that's not scoring touchdowns. That's not necessarily helping you win the game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of perverse incentives. So it's also not being a team player either. I mean, no. you're just looking out for yourself. Um, so then Tony goes to visit Cap in the hospital, who's seriously injured. Uh, Christina wants to trade Cap, but Tony doesn't agree. Uh, Christina is Cameron Diaz. Yeah, Cameron Diaz. Sorry. Uh, then Cameron Diaz, the mayor throws a party, throws Christina a party. 
Just the Dennis Quaid scene in the mm-hmm. hospital game. It's great. So many movies, and I think uh, we did Bone Collector, and we're falling in this category. Underplay pain, right? Uh-huh. When you're a paralyzed person, like Denzel was in that movie, you're in constant horrible, mm-hmm. you know, why I want to kill myself type pain. Mm-hmm. This movie overplays it a little bit. But you I think lo- so? Why well, I, I do, but I loved it. You know, it yeah. might not even be, but the way Cap is writhing oh, through that scene. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's what Stone wants you to get. They want He wants you to get that, like, playing in this game does things to you that um, – Puts you in, 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 in the kind of pain mm-hmm. you couldn't imagine. And Quaid does a great job at playing that. I absolutely agree. And I, and I have to say that one of the scenes that was actually the most heartbreaking for me was the scene when he goes to Lauren Hawley. He goes oh, to yeah. his wife. Brutal. And he's like, I'm ready to get out. And she fucking slaps Slaps him him and says, quarterback. Yeah. And because what what I found so surprising about it was either I had forgotten. I mean, I'd I'd seen the film back in 99. But I I remember the scene with Pacino where he basically says, like, I'll do whatever I got to do for you. But like, then I'm basically then I'm out. And I thought that she was going to be supportive of him, (laughs) shockingly. And. It's just that idea that he can't get out. Like yeah, once you're yeah. in, you're just it's you're in until you're you're broken. And even a guy who's made enough money to last forever right. and who's won MVPs, it's right. still not enough. Like he says to her, "We're set. Yeah. The kids are set. Like we're good. Let's enjoy this." Yeah, you know, I've I've been talking to networks about being a commentator, right. whatever. It's just it's really sad. Yeah, I mean, I, it's one of those moments not to be taken literally, but to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. I don't think that oh, a wife really. Yeah, would or could do that. Pretty, yeah, yeah but pretty that's harsh. that's what it feels like. Yeah. I think that's what it feels like to him. I think he feels slapped in the face by this yeah. persona he has to keep up. Yeah, um, and I also think you know, like all of these players and Al Pacino, it's 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 very clear in the sauna scene with LT how afraid they are of leaving, mm-hmm. how it's their oh, entire yeah. persona, and once they leave, they become a has been. Well, and, and the same can be said for Lauren Holly as well. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? For her, it's a status thing. For yeah. her, it's that idea of that. You know, you see her and her friends at this party, you know, essentially mocking Jamie Foxx's girlfriend at the time. And you realize that she doesn't want to let go of that mantle either, that it has. She's the know, queen bee for, yeah. until yeah. she's not. Yeah. Um, so then there's a scene that I actually really loved, which was Pacino and Anne Margaret drunk outside dancing. And he, she's wearing his, let's call it a Super Bowl ring, because that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh and then Christina shows up and he just basically says, like, you got to win one first. You got to win one first to mm-hmm. her. And what's interesting about that scene is that she actually softens a little bit there. Like when her mom is in proximity, she gets softer. And the and there's a moment there where you're like, oh, Christina's not a total monster. Like there's a human underneath all of this who's striving to figure out how to navigate this world. And then Tony smacks her down, which is kind of fucked up, but it, it does feel like he sees his windows of opportunity to be able to kick her a little bit. I want to, I want to make one small point about her character that Xander, I wonder if you agree or picked up on, or think that this is intentional. Mm -hmm. Um, she has a couple of times where she says things that are just a little off when it comes to football. Yeah. She says instead of instead of calling it the playoffs because that's what you say. Are we going to make the playoffs or when did the playoffs start? She just says, "Are we going to make playoffs?" Right, and then she talks about a trade she wants to make, and instead of saying, "Oh, let's trade him for 
a second and third round pick. Uh-huh. She says a second and third draft choice. Yeah. Nobody yeah. says that. That's weird. And this movie definitely knows that people don't So they're talk undermining her character? I wonder if they're tr- subtly getting at this idea of like mm. she's still learning. Mm. Or yeah. she has to fun. learn. Like mm-hmm. it's not innate for her. And it's, it's, it's a tough thing because she's a woman and you don't want to play it like she is less than a man. But there's there, there there's a conscious decision in having her be a woman, mm-hmm. and I do think there is something to this idea of, um, she may have had to learn this on her own, as opposed to being kind of indoctrinated. But like, she gets thrown into it essentially, yeah. and she has to play the role, even though she's probably still figuring out some of the nuances. I had a friend in college who um, wasn't a, wasn't an NBA fan growing up, and he kind of learned it watching yeah. NBA with us. And he would say things every once in a while that were a little off. And I likened it to uh, an adult learning a second language. That's interesting. Where every once in a while you'll say things that just are a little off because you don't you didn't grow up with it. And that's kind of how this felt. I don't mm-hmm. know if you yeah. guys feel that or if it was maybe just – I a, mean, I didn't catch it because yeah. I don't know the That's why I asked Xander. Yeah, but it are, does, I mean, those are real moments. That sure. does yeah. feel very – that's really interesting. I mean, yeah. I think that – I mean, I think she's easily one of the most interesting characters in this movie. Like, they're they're giving her – stuff to really sink her teeth into mm-hmm. um great locker room scenes here christina walking in we talked about her being unafraid of all these naked men not unafraid but just being sort of fearless for all intents and purposes they could tell you make it it felt like a little bit yeah. um beeman asks her out which is insane <laughs> really <She's> is. awesome <laughs> like it's just like after what? her name <laughs> the man is feeling himself yeah. <laughs> he's steven beeman man already um then you got the guy who throws the alligator in the showers which is insane <laughs> uh and uh, and it is a memorable moment that I remember from 99 thinking like, what is this movie? Like it just, it's so fucking out there. That uh, guy, that guy is a football monster. That guy, that, that, that guy is the embodiment of like, <laughs> we've created a football monster. Yeah. He paints his fucking face. Listen to Metallica. Keeps an alligator in the locker room. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Matthew Modine suspects that there's something wrong with shark, uh, brings it up to James Woods who says he'll handle it. Uh, then you have this insane music video sequence. Where yeah. Willie Beeman is, oh my god, uh, yeah, singing in a music video or something. It, it's it's a little bit insane. Which is ultimately an ad, an ad for something else. Yeah, yeah. and it's also folded into his interview with the Jim Rome guy because yeah. it's cross cut with those things. Again, like there, this movie's at eleven the whole time. Like it's never stopping, which is also why at two hours and four, over two hours and forty minutes, it's an exhausting movie. But then you have something like this where it's like it's it's technically one scene, but it's like intercut with three or four other yeah. scenes. So it just feels like so much more. Uh, James Woods tells Christina the cap could be ready for New York. She basically asks him to lie and say he's not ready. He then tells her that Shark is having serious concussion. She tells him Shark, Shark plays, Cap doesn't. They'll cut Shark in the offseason and whatever money they save, James Woods will get. Is that a, is that a thing? I mean, I don't, is, I don't know what a thing. That idea of... We'll get rid of this. We'll off. We'll get rid of this player in the off season, and whatever money we save in his contract, do they get to keep that money? Is that how it works? Or? The team does. I didn't. I didn't pick up on James Woods was going to get the money. Was well, she said we'll make it up to yeah. you come contract time. Oh, I so see. It seems I see. as though we'll he, was, he would get some of it. Just, just look at it like a budget. If you're paying yeah. him ten million dollars right. next season, you don't have that ten million dollars on your book. Okay, so that's that's all they're saying. So, uh, but. The uh, I, I do, I do want to, but they don't get like, for instance, no, you don't. He's got to, you don't get kicked. You don't back. get money back. No. Okay, okay. No, but that's the okay. idea. Like we're, we'll be under budget next year. So okay, 
Um, but I do want to talk about Lawrence Taylor now a little bit. Yeah, please. Would you know anything about Lawrence Taylor? Not a lick. Do you and know? this is Shark? Not, not enough. Is this the guy that plays Shark? Shark? Okay. So Lawrence Taylor, straight up, my childhood hero. He's a giant linebacker, um, had his jersey on my wall growing oh, wow. up, okay. uh, signed Lawrence Taylor. Um, you, it's a good thing he didn't sign it somebody else. I don't <laughs> know, that would have been weird. Signed Junior Seau. <laughs> uh, he, he, he was a lot like Shark. Okay. Shark was very clearly modeled after him to the point where you saw the earring that said Shark. Mm-hmm. In real life, he wears an earring that says LT. Okay. Um, he's had a lot of problems. Okay. Like a lot. He had a, co- he had a crack addiction. He got accused of statutory rape um, that he got off on, but like still like he's done. He's, he's had a really, really bad run since the Tumultuous. NFL. And he's the best defensive NFL player who's ever lived. Really? Yes. Yeah. Like, just in my opinion, bar none, I think that's like pretty unanimous. Like, the guy is, he's the best defensive NFL player's ever lived. And for him, and this is not that far after his career ended, probably five years after his career ended. It's not like he was in a lot of other stuff, right? It's not like he was like, I'm going to go be an actor. And he was like, for an NFL player, he was so good in this movie. Really and he's really good. He I mean, really I, I wouldn't, and I don't mean this to sound derogatory, but I would never have thought he was a football player. Generally speaking, athletes yeah. aren't always the best yeah. actors. Um, he's really good in this. I mean, in particular, the scene when he's basically begging him to let him play. Yeah. Crying. And, essen- crying yeah. and essentially saying, like, if I'm going to die, I'll die out there. I think that's how he really felt. He I had, don't doubt it. And he had a very bad injury near the end of his career. Torres uh, Achilles missed a whole year. And, um, and I, and it, I think he was crying on the card as they were taking him out. Like right. this guy lived, lived to play. He's, he's great. And, and he, truthfully, he's given one of the bigger victories, if that's the right way to put it at the end of the movie. Yeah. yeah. It's fucking stretched out. He gets stretched out, paralyzed. but he's like, is and, he paralyzed? I think so. And he does, I mean, well, he does the, like, he seems like he, I, I don't know. Smile. He wakes up. I'm going yeah. super <laughs> deep with this, but, but there is a. <laughs> There was a guy in the Lions named Mike Utley. Anyone? No. He was paralyzed but was able to give a thumbs up as he was leaving, and it became kind of a thing. When okay. people got t- got carted off the field, like it, the NFL managed to make getting carted off the field paralyzed a weirdly uplifting a experience. Right. Jesus. So. Uh, so, and then in classic Oliver Stone form, in the middle of this Christina James Woods sequence, they, he cuts to surveillance camera footage. Oh, it's so weird. I'm just like, yeah. so okay. Weird. <laughs> sure. Yeah, use it. We shot it. <laughs> <laughs> that one, that was a little harder for me to, uh, it was just like, to, fit, right. with it, to fit within yeah. my argument. War. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so Tony asks Mandy if they can start seeing each other for real. That seems fucking brutal. It is. Where she's just like, you don't really want this. And I don't know if that's much of an answer, but it's also just, it's a, it's a, it's a really sad scene. Uh, then Tony has uh, beaming over, and we have our big, huge Ben Hurston, which we were talking about. Um, Tony says something about how the game needs to be more than just about winning, uh, and it's there's a lot of that sentiment, that very kind of old school sentiment, if you will, that that he preaches and that the older generation talks about, but it doesn't feel genuine. A lot of the stuff he says to Beeman of that nature doesn't feel particularly genuine. Uh, so then Shark throws his insane party. Uh, oh, I want to rewind real quick and talk about something that I that I feel is necessary to talk about. Uh, at Christina's party, we cut to a bathroom. 
and you've got LL Cool J and some other guy, and he's getting a blowjob on the toilet. I think it was I think it was Bill Bellamy. Who? The oh, guy who's getting receiver, a blowjob? Right? The, the other football player. And then you know okay. Bill Bellamy? I'm sorry, I don't. He's like an MTV VJ. He was okay. kind of big at the time. Okay. And he doesn't have a lot of role, a lot of lines of dialogue in this movie, but mm-hmm. he was he was a person. He, I, I don't yeah. doubt that, but I didn't know who he was. But that being said, this was the first scene, and I mentioned this to you, Kenny, but this mm-hmm. was the first scene that left a really bad taste in my mouth, where you've got like L O Cool J snorting coke off of some girl's breasts and like then a girlfriend runs in and and then like the guys are just laughing and she's then like, like crying on the floor. Yeah. And she's crying. It's it's it was the first scene where I just was like, this is gross. It's and not it, fun. Like, at and all. It, and it is it is gross. It's gross and it and, and I understand I, that it's I, it's not condoning the behavior, I, but it's still gross. I think like so much of this movie. Mm-hmm. That is not the sexy life. That is that's not a room that any reasonable person wants to be in with her yelling, fuck you, yeah, fuck yeah, you yeah, at the yeah, end yeah. and crying. And it's, it's, it's a it's, really awful, it's a really awful room. Scene. And it's, it, to me, that's, you know, there, there, there are no, there are no spoils of war no. scene in this movie. It seems no. in this movie, it's all these, it's all yeah. these perverse versions of it. That's like, I don't really want to. So, yeah, I would, I actually, like I was racking my brain trying to think of like, what was the most kind of glamorous, and it's kind of that music video, but even then, it's kind of taking the piss out of that. There isn't some sequence where like Willie Beeman goes out and buys a whole bunch of shit, like basically, well, you, which I think he still could have. Sure, and you sure, still could have gotten your point across, right? But, yeah. but I'm just I'm speaking to sort of it doesn't it's not aggrandizing that portion of the sport, which I think is interesting. Uh, Shark throws this insane party, which is cross cut with Beeman being interviewed on another on the same sports show, uh, all about race. Like they yes. jump right into it. Yes, yeah, and he tries to. Give him a pound. Yeah. And you know. Jimmy Fox is like, no, I'm good, man. Uh, Beeman starts shit talking LL Cool J and Shark, saying that no one is looking out for him and they're only looking out for themselves, uh, which is sort of obviously paradoxical since he's not looking out for them either, but whatever. Uh, this pisses off LL Cool J. And then the image for no reason just goes to black and white. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, he's just angry and it just drains to black and white. You're like, okay. Sure. Uh, I don't, in fact, like, I'm not even sure what Oliver Stone is doing through most of this. He's punching up the color saturation all over the place at times. There's like multi screens that yeah. pop up for yeah. no good really reason. Disorienting. It's just like, I don't know why you're doing any of this. Like, it's just, you're not, it's, but it's weird. Yeah. It's, he just needs to calm down in certain portions of the movie. I agree. I, I think, like, you, you hear so much, and I think we all kind of feel this a little bit. I feel less than maybe you feel, I'm not sure about you, Xander. You hear that this movie's a mess a lot. A lot yeah. of people say it, it's like a mess. It's great, but it's a mess. It's. Um, I think those are the reasons people think it's a mess. I think those. I think those flourishes. I would agree with you. Right? Yeah, because it's it's disorienting to your point, and it also feels. I mean, listen, we're all giving this movie a lot of love. I'd and, say and apropos that's of nothing. I think is that's for some kind of, of yeah. yeah, and it, it yeah, does. Yeah. It feels unmotivated. It You're feels like, sort why? of like why? Why did, why, why did you do this? Just because it it looked cool. Well, and he's established. You know. He's established a. a a motif's not really the right word, but he's kind of he's established established something yeah. where where he does cut away to things that actually have yes. narrative purpose, yes. yeah, and emotional purpose. Mm-hmm. And this is not that. 
This is not that. And I would also say, too, to compare it to something like Natural Born Killers, for instance, where that movie is deeply surreal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really going for nightmarish, crazy. I mean, it cuts to animation. It does all sorts of yeah, crazy shit in that the movie. The great Rodney Dangerfield the, scene. There's that. Right. It's very meta. That movie is sort of folding in on itself. And this movie does that a lot, but then sometimes it kind of oversteps itself and goes into into moments like this. Where I'm just yeah. like, I don't really know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, L. Cool J tells Shark about Beeman. Shark saws his car in half. Uh, it's it's insane and it's great. Yeah. It's a it's a great sequence. Um, the team stops protecting Beeman, as we mentioned earlier, gets his ass kicked in that New York game. Uh, and then we have this thing that we were talking about with Shark begging Tony for basically to go in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also interesting because then we get the the Woods confrontation, and Woods says something, and I'm I think is very interesting where he says. I'm giving these guys the choice to take their own lives into their hands. They have families to support. If they want to play, they should be allowed to play. And then obviously Tony's like, I don't agree with that, whatever. But then Tony still lets him play. But that's neither here nor there. I I guess my question to you guys is, is it weird that I kind of sort of agree with James Woods in this situation? And by that, I just mean, if they if they're not in control of their lives, who is? I mean, right? Like I, on some level, I think that, they should be allowed to do this if this is what they want. And by that, I mean, it's kind of like euthanasia. Like if you, if you've decided that your life isn't worth living and you want to end it, you should be allowed that choice. I think, I think, um, that sentiment today makes a lot of sense. And you see guys (laughs) retiring before their careers even get started. I think in 1999, there was never any thought that this was a choice. You never heard about guys getting out early because of CTE or concussions, right? Like Troy Aikman, got his head beat in and basically played until he couldn't see straight. And like guys never left early. Now they leave early. Yeah. And it's the the money for whatever. Well, no, it's really because for whatever reason, they happen a lot with San Francisco 49ers, Mm -hmm. where there are like four or five guys who retired in their twenties, in their twenties. The guy named Chris Boland who Mm -hmm. retired after his first year. He's a great, great rookie season. It's like, I don't want to have concussions. I want to play with my kids. He retired. Um, good for him. So, but yeah, so that's, that's a a thing now to your point about the James Woods thing. It's important that the movie makes that argument because, you know, there's, there's so much wrapped up in this movie that does feel a little bit like modern slavery. And her stuff feels like it's obviously alluding to that. Yeah. It feels like there's a lot of that, like, you know, the plantation owners and there's, the point that there are no black owners in the league, yeah. you know, and there's currently no black owners in the league. There's one Pakistani owner, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, it's a bunch of white guys with a majority black league. And I think that movie at the very least does pay lip service to the idea of like, it's not slavery, but I also feel like right. stone is also kind of making the point of like, it kind of is in its own way what else our culture some of these is going to do. The culture do. is saying you must play, even though I'm saying in my words that you don't have to play. Right. That's part. I mean, Quaid's the weird, a weird character to do it through, but mm-hmm. that's part of what that slap was about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it was a very interesting, and it does feel like it encapsulates, this movie's obviously making a commentary about how the medical profession folds into this sport. Which I remember as being like the most interesting part of the movie. 99. I still think it's a very interesting yeah. part of it. It's not as large as I remembered it being. Yeah. Um, yeah I thought that was the movie. I yeah. kind of, I kind of yeah. did in some weird way. Uh, you know, Modine is grappling with it at the end mm-hmm. and you get sort of the impression that it's like the, the, you know, 
the apprentice has become the master in some weird way, but well, he, he does it almost as a humanitarian, right? He yeah. gives him the shots almost as a humanitarian, but that's maybe even worse. Right. Yeah, it's oh. fucking weird. Right. Uh, Tony goes over to Cap's house. Cap tells him that he should play Beeman. Cap is worried about playing. We have the whole Lauren Holly thing that we talked about. Um, yeah, uh, Tony and Margaret talk in her living room within earshot of Christina, talking about how much of a disappointment she was to her father. And Margaret has a great line. Uh, that game took my husband, my daughter, my youth, and left me with what? And it's... I, mean, I, I wrote that exact line down, too. It's a great line. Yeah. And, it, and it's just sort of... You, I mean, listen, these, this, is, this is rich people problems, to say the least, but you don't think about how a sport or a team can swallow your life and become so all-consuming. And I mm-hmm. imagine a lot of these, these owners are just every day just... I don't know, dealing with this sort of shit. It's kind of insane. Owners and players and everybody involved. Yeah. I mean, I just, I really tried to clock at the end of the movie whose lives were actually improved by football mm. and whose lives were made worse by football. And I think most people's lives in this movie were made worse by football. Oh, overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, so. sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh, Tony gives his life as a game of inches speech and it's obviously fantastic. It, it does feel like if there's a clip from this movie, that's the clip from this movie, right? Yeah. That speech is amazing. It's an amazing speech. Yeah. I worry it gets a little... Overplayed? uh, Misused. Okay. You know, like mispurposed. Uh That's not what the movie's about, right? No, it's not what the... It's like... It's not what the speech is about. The speech isn't about winning a game so much. The speech is about, I'm I'm an old man. I'm going to really give you some... Give you some ideas about how to, how to do well in life or, or, or what life is about. And I think the, the core of the speech is like, we're in this together. You know, yeah. like for this one moment, we're only going to like persevere if we're together, which I think is kind of a nice sentiment. But but it also, I mean, not to keep, uh, you know, uh, beating a dead horse, but it's very much a war speech. It very much feels like, you know, one, one more time into the into the breach, yeah. my friend. Like it's it's got that kind of vibe to it. And you this idea that like some of you aren't going to make it back like that. That is sort of the I don't know. Some of them don't much. make it back. Some of them don't make it back. Yeah. Uh, Charlton Heston shows up as you're like, yeah, as, as he does, as, one does. Uh, as um, the football commissioner and asked Christina to come to New York to discuss some of the league rules she broke to try to start another Los Angeles I football mean, team. But that's never brought back again. Ben Hur himself. It, it is Kenny. Yeah. It is Ben Hur himself. Uh, Charlton has a great line. I honestly believe that woman would eat her young, mm-hmm. which is a great line. Yeah. Uh, at the half, Tony decides to put Beeman in. There's some weird stuff where it's like Cap plays the first half and then Beeman plays the second half. I don't know. It all just feels like he's trying to kind of have his cake and eat it too a little bit. I agree with that. Um, okay. <laughs> that, 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 that's why this movie's not getting a 99. Jesus. <laughs> but, wow. That's sole reason. That's right? sole reason. Well, that, the, I always had problems with the last football game from a football perspective. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, killed me that, that, that the other team doesn't kick the field goal. I'll never understand yeah, that. Yeah, it's ridiculous but it's just it's, and i don't know anything about yeah, football but i was like i'm bad. pretty sure you could kick here kick and, the and win yeah uh shark stop a fourth down for texas when they the should have been, they kicking, been field kicking the field yeah. goal uh and is injured but it oh and shark is injured but it triggers his bonus so and he might be paralyzed but he got a million dollars so and the the other thing about this moment there's the black coach mm-hmm. played by jim brown yes you know who that is i do know who jim brown is <laughs> 
probably the best offensive player of all time. Mm-hmm. And a good actor. So he's a great actor. Yeah. And he's, love him in Mars Attacks. <laughs> yeah. I love him in Mars Attacks, I love him in Mars Attacks. I saw that movie recently. It's a crazy movie. It's a crazy movie, but I love and him in Mars And he has the line Attack. right there. One million dollars, baby, a major <laughs> bonus. <laughs> <Your> bonus. <laughs> Good work. He's getting carted out on a stretcher. <laughs> I just want to run down the actual football people in this movie real fast. Sure, it's please. unbelievable. You have LT, you have Jim Brown, mm-hmm. you have Johnny Unitas, you have Y.A. Tittle, all the great names. You have Dick Butkus. <laughs> um, but all of these, they're, they're all the coaches on the other team. And there are other guys, Ter- Terrell Owens is in this there, movie. Yeah. Um, oh, what's his face? The Cowboys is uh, the commentator with uh, Stone. The Cowboys coach was it? Oh, Barry name? Switzer's in uh-huh. it. Ricky Waters is in it. Playing Ricky Waters. <laughs> um, and of all these people who co-signed this movie, yeah. which is amazing. And you know, it's Blue Chips does the same thing. Yeah, Blue Chips has all the real coaches co-signing this idea that we, that we buy players. Right. So it's funny to me that in the '90s, you you people would be willing to kind of almost it seems almost naively. Yeah. Sign on right. Do you think this. they really thought about the political <laughs> the implications? implications? I, I, and they're like, I want to be in the movies. This sounds fun. I want to play a coach. I yeah. think uh yeah. I think I think LT did. Yeah. And I yeah, think yeah. Jim Brown did. And I think all the other ones are like, I get sure. to be in a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you mean I'm in cool. a movie? Yeah. <laughs> um it's I, I wrote it's amazing that with all the ridiculous shit in this movie, I still found myself caring about the final play. Which really goes to show so how ingrained in you. Yeah. These these sort of powerful sports cliches are. We talked about it on the Varsity Blues I, episode. Can I say what I said? Sure. At the end, how can you care about the outcome of the stupid <laughs> fucking game? <laughs> so wow. there you go. Wow. But I think that that says something, first of all, about the way that I approach yeah. sports movies and the way you do. But I, I do think that we talked about it on Varsity Blues. We talked about it with, uh, with Billy Bob when mm-hmm. he has his big play and he wins the game for them. And it's in slow motion just like it is. It's just – you can't help but somehow be invested in these people's lives, even if they are terrible people like a lot of them are in this movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Beeman tries to tell Tony that his arm has been killing him and that he saw a specialist before, but Tony's already gone. Is that supposed to be ominous? Are we supposed to be thinking that he's, I don't really. This movie's now at a 97. No, I'm kidding. It's not a great moment. Yeah. I just don't know yeah. what it was it's trying a plot to elicit. Point that gets buried. It doesn't mean anything. Especially with the press conference that comes out on the other side yeah. of it, where you're like, wait, yeah. did Tony get had by Beeman? And like. But then he signed him. Yeah. It's yeah. like, what? Yeah. It's like, you it's, it's, it. it's confusing. It. No, you don't need it. Yeah. You don't need it. I mean, I try to justify it by basically saying, you know, like literally just when you think I'm out, they pull me yeah. back in. Right. Another. But you know he's playing because he's just yeah. started his career. Yeah. You know? Uh, then we have a press conference credit sequence that feels like its own movie. It's like yeah. the return of the king of press conferences yeah. Yeah. where like 20 different things happen That's while the like credits good. are rolling. It's like the original Marvel ending. Yeah. It's it like is. Literally, it is. It's like it all is. these cut scenes. I'm yeah. like, what the fuck is happening? It's, a, it's so good. It's so weird. It's really weird. Yeah. It's, uh, it's nice in its own way. It um, is, but like I remember seeing it in 99 in the theater. Credits start rolling. People get up. Right. People are like walking into the theater. It's not over. Massive plot points are being dropped here yeah. in the middle of this credit yeah, sequence. For yeah. any given Sunday, too. Any right. given Monday so night. It's insane. <laughs> uh, Tony announces that he's taking over an expansion team in New Mexico and he's taking Willie Beeman with him. Is that something that is plausible? Yeah. Could you do that? His contract's up for sure. Yeah. Okay. I, just didn't, okay. I think his contract was up. I think yeah. they, they, they had mentioned that. And yeah. All right. Well, that's the movie. Do you have any more? <laughs> and, and, do you have anything nice to say about it? No, I mean, I, I have nice things to say about it. I'm, I mean, listen, I went into this 
Yeah, let's talk really, about that a little bit. Let's yeah. talk about what I believe about what I believe has been an amazing journey you've taken today. With this <laughs> I have movie. taken an amazing journey, and it's and I think part of it has to do with the fact that I did a a, a little bit of research today, mm-hmm. and I read first of all this Ringer article, which did sound like everything you had been saying. So I I did sort of it made me reevaluate a little bit. Um, I also have to say too that I just I started thinking about Oliver Stone, sort of from a, a 30,000 feet of his career and thinking about the film through that lens a little bit. Um, and then honestly, and I said this to you in text, there are things I really hated about this movie that, that left bad taste in my mouth that, that it was not an enjoyable experience for me, but that doesn't mean it's a bad movie. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what I've been processing. Now I still think my, my rating is going to be significantly lower than yours. But yes, <laughs> clearly, it's his favorite sports movie. But I think football movie of all time. I think it's a yeah. I, I, I'm sorry, but I think no, no, no. But I, I think that it's it's a testament to how much I enjoy Oliver Stone, warts and all, and that's mm. that's why I think I like this movie more after this conversation, after the day that I've spent doing a little bit of research, reading up on it a little bit more, and to your point thinking about intent, thinking about the fact that like nothing in this film, except for some stylistic choices is flippant. It's all done with, with thought and intent and, and a desire to say something. And there's not a lot of films that do that. And yeah. you know, I want to ride for it a little more even. Sure. Very hard to do that in a contemporary movie. Yes. World, we will and should go through Stone's best movies is our, our top yeah, five. Yeah. I mean, but- I, I can do mine, but yeah. But you'll notice as we do it, mm-hmm. a lot of them are going to be period movies. And um, yes, I mean I don't know. I mean, three of his best movies are four of his best movies are period mm-hmm. period movies. Mm-hmm. Five of his best movies, if you include the Doors. So six of it. No, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> okay, they're all seven. <laughs> um, but uh, it's very hard to do it about um, a contemporary movie to do this kind of grand mm-hmm. sc- to show this grand scope. Um, it's very hard to go this hard at a institution that no one was chipping away at. Yeah. Yep. Um, and still to this day, I mean, you know, we haven't talked about playmakers, the ESPN, the ESPN show that was very clearly okay. in- influenced by that. Are you aware of that? I don't know what that is. ESPN had a show that was very clearly influenced by this. It was a show that took place in a fictional NFL. And um, I remember the first scene. I think it's a brilliant first scene. Basically first scene, you have a guy in the hospital Football player, he's been paralyzed. And our guy, who I think was Omar Gooding, uh, Omar Gooding, mm-hmm. Uber Gooding Jr.'s brother. Okay. It's a running back, and he goes to visit the guy because he was the one who put him in the hospital. And that's the thing that happens in sports all the time. People get put in the hospital, the guy who put him in there, no one's trying to kill anybody, hurt anybody. They go and say, sorry, buddy, blah, blah, blah. So he goes to like pay his respects. And Omar Gooding goes, uh, so how you doing? And he goes, well, I'm never going to feel my dick again. How do you think I'm doing? So it was kind of, I, I never okay. thought, I never, in my head, that was never how those, in, yeah, those exchanges yeah. go. It's yeah. like, don't worry about it, pal. You're good, Things man. happen. And this sports. guy, this guy's like, sports. I am, yeah, sports. <laughs> this guy's like, this guy's like, you ruined my life. Yeah. And so, but Playmakers kind of famously lasted one season. And then the NFL threatened ESPN that if they don't throw it, they're going to pull the league from the network. Jeez. And they, they canceled this yeah. well, well-reviewed, well-regarded, highly rated show. Okay. Yeah, be a huge hit. If this yeah. was on right now, it'd be a huge hit. Oh, but everyone's afraid. I know. You're going to run into that. 
Well, I've already have. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> NFL scares me, man. They're a scary, scary organization. Yeah, I had a I had a college football project that that no one would touch. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm gonna do my top five Oliver Stone films, and then you guys can cobble together your list. No, I got from, it. Sure. Okay. I've I've had it for years. Uh, uh, I'm gonna do it from one to five. JFK, Natural Born Killers, Nixon, Wall Street, U-Turn is my top five. Uh, I really love Platoon. It's obviously a really good movie. I'm born on the Fourth of July. They're just just not movies I rewatch. Very you could much. you 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 love U-Turn more than those two movies. I mean, love is a strong word, but I would say that you just used it on Platoon and born on the Fourth no, of no, July. No, I know. <laughs> No, but I think that, I mean, I guess the short answer to your, your question is yes. That's I mean, cool. just in terms of the fact that I, I don't know. I like that. It's a weird, twisted, fucked up after hours. kind of movie about this guy that just can't get out of this town. Yeah. It's got this weird noirish vibe to it. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Claire Danes are amazing. I mean, it's just, it's a stacked cast. Uh, John Ridley wrote it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's, I don't know. I think it's a movie that's better than people give it credit for. Billy Bob Thornton is a monster in it. I'm going to watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a lot better than people give it credit in for. My stone reappraisal period. Cool. It's not in my top five. So <laughs> did you want to do yours or you want me to go? I, I, I'll say this. Stone blends together for me sure. in a real way. Uh-huh. And it's hard for me to even say which of these movies I like more than the others. I like Platoon. Mm-hmm. I like Any Given Sunday. Mm-hmm. I like JFK. Wall Street has its moments yeah. for sure. It's dated. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, Nixon's great. You know, they all have little pieces that I like. It's hard for me to rank them. So I'll say Stone as a whole, I think, is really interesting. I would love to I would love to work with him for like two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. maybe do yeah. a pilot and then yeah. have him yeah. do something else. But uh, they're they're interesting. They're all fun to watch. One of my current bosses was his right hand for ten years. My God, um, you got that. We got to get some stories. <laughs> yeah. Well, U Turn was the last movie he did. That's so he didn't do any given Sunday. Well, you know what's interesting as well is that the. Uh, the line producer on the Sleepy Hollow pilot was Clayton Townsend, who did most of Stone's movies, at least like heyday of Stone's movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had stories. I don't remember any of them, unfortunately. But uh, it's just very interesting. Like when you were in Stone's mm-hmm. world in that time, it feels like uh, some sort of a fever dream, I imagine. I mean, yeah. you know, they obviously worked together in some capacity, but he really was Quentin before Quentin. You know, there there was that yeah. feel. Yeah, yeah. Um, my top five in order from five to one. Uh-huh. Uh, I know what your number one is. Okay. So it'll be a surprise to no one else. Um, <laughs> our, our right. listeners, our listeners. So all, all of them. Number five. I, well, let's do this right. <laughs> number, number five is wall street. Okay. Number four is natural born killers. Number three is Nixon. Number two is JFK. Number one is Any Given Sunday. Boom. Wow. I thought your number one was Nixon, because up until this point, you love Nixon. I love uh, all five of those movies yeah, movie. with all my heart. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say all my heart for Wall Street, but I would say all my heart for the other four, and Wall Street's my favorite of that second tier for me. I, I mean, Wall Street, I watched, rewatched. I don't know, within the last six to nine months, something like that. Uh it's dated, yeah, unfortunately. Sure. So, like, fashion and music mm-hmm. and tech and all that stuff is really dated, unfortunately. But Michael Douglas is fucking amazing. And, I mean, Charlie Sheen is doing a good job playing. I think he does of, a good job. He's, yeah. he's good at it. Yeah. And, and I love that his dad is his dad, yeah. which is great. Uh, Terrence Stamp, super weird in that movie. And it's, it's a good movie. I always take issue with Michael Douglas' Oscar for that movie. 
Who should have won that year? I don't know. But <laughs> not him. <laughs> but uh, I hate um, I hate when antagonists I've told you this before. I hate, antagonists I hate when antagonists win. Yeah. Because Hannibal Lecter. Or fucking Denzel Washington in Training Day. Sure. It's different. If you don't have to root for the character, if yeah. you don't have to sympathize right. with this character, it's different. So like getting getting an audience to sympathize with you is the hardest task that that an ask and that an actor can have. So when you have a role like Gordon Gecko and all you're doing is speechifying, not that hard. Right. Um <laughs> Kenny taking Michael Douglas's Oscar from him. <laughs> I love it. He can still have his one floor of the cuckoo's nest Oscar. Sure. Nurse produced, Ratchet has to give hers back. But <laughs> damn. <laughs> Amazing. Um so zero to ninety-nine? Uh yeah, I'm ready. You ready? Sure. You go first. In 99? In 99. I swear to God, this movie was about a 20 for me. Wow. (laughs) I I always thought this was a terrible movie, and I've been saying it for 19 years. Okay. I haven't changed after this podcast. Okay. Oh, my God. 96. Wow. (laughs) It's a 96, and I believe- I'm not sure you've been that high And I believe that makes it my top-rated movie we've done. Thus far. Uh, Thus far. 30-some-odd Which I think- (laughs) So honored to be here. I think it's a plant's- Oh Eyes wide shut, or at least in my head, oh that's my that's the that, number one movie. Ugh. But um, I actually and, and the point I was gonna make before you decided you love this movie too, Phil, was love. there's a there's a subjectivity mm-hmm. about uh-huh. this particular movie and this particular subject matter for uh-huh. me that well that's uh, it's it yes that resonates re- with yes you. that yeah. resonates with me in a way that wouldn't necessarily resonate with with everybody, but it really speaks to where I am right now about something that's been so formative for me and important in my life like as i said lawrence taylor's jersey was on my wall right right signed by lawrence taylor signed by junior show i haven't <laughs> i haven't missed a i haven't missed a giants game in probably 30 years and it is the wow. number one it is it is it is the, the the number one thing i have in common with my father it is it is bonding with my father even last night i was at his birthday dinner he said can't wait for sundays in the fall so <laughs> it's it's much bigger than just like it's much bigger than just like these guys are hurting each other. Like this is a big part of my childhood and this movie manages to kind of nail where I am emotionally about this sport. So 96. Yeah. You want to go? I mean, yeah, sure. When I saw it the first time it was a 60 cause it had tits and blow. <laughs> uh, now it's an, it's like an 80, 85. It's, I like the movie and the movie holds up incredibly yeah. well. Weirdly. It's not sentimental or earnest, but it's still emotional. Mm-hmm. You care about these characters, even though you kind of have no business caring for them. Yeah, it's stylized. It's long but engaging the whole way through. Jamie Foxx is great. Like I would say, rewatch the movie because like I had no recollection of what it was, and it's so different than what I thought it was, and it's good. Believe it or not, Xander didn't read that. <laughs> that, that, was that was so just, well put together. Yeah. Watch it. <laughs> it's no. I, I mean, I so. I went through an interesting trajectory, somewhat similar, actually dissimilar to yours. My apologies. In 99, I, I'd give it a 50. Uh, I saw it in the theater. I thought it was exhausting. I saw it with a friend. The old who, existence, 50. Yeah, I guess. Uh, and I think it was probably a very similar feeling. It, yeah. That I had with not, existence. That's not a dis- that, I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I saw it. I gave it a 50. I saw it with a good friend. He hated it. I enjoyed how much he hated it, and that helped me like it a little bit more, but I still would say it's around a 50. Before this podcast, I'd probably say a 70. Sat down, watched the film. was like, this is fine. After this podcast, I'm going to give it an 80. Mm, I think it's, it's high. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, you and the research that I've done and just 
and Xander obviously as well have changed sort of the way that I thought about it a little bit. Um, and I think that, you know, Oliver Stone, he's like when he's, when he's in the pocket and he's doing what he does well, which I think for the most part he's doing in this movie, I think also my, my love of natural born killers helps this movie because of that sort of stylistic choices and all of that. So that's kind of where I'm at. This movie, uh, is one of the movies that I'm really thrilled we do this podcast. That makes me really thrilled to do this podcast. It's just, it's, uh, it's great it's, to be able to look at it again. Yeah, it's super yeah. weird to say any given Sunday is a, a hidden gem, yeah. but for me, it was. It did kind of get lost in this year. It was, I think, clearly an Oscar play. People thought about um, Cameron Diaz as a potential Oscar nominee, if not a winner. And it fell a little flat in 99, and people, Definitely kind of forgot about it. Um, but also, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, it came out in a brutal weekend. Yeah. You know, where, yes, it gets number Oscar one. Time. It comes, I mean, Christmas weekend. Yeah. And up against a bunch of heavy hitters, it never really finds its critical pocket because it's being compared to Talented Mr. Ripley and any number of other things that are also coming Also in the middle of a football season when people yeah. don't want to be told yeah. what yeah. you're watching is shit. Yeah. No, so, that's true. Um, I also think it's, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a very it's a very very interesting movie that has a lot of interesting things to say, and I'm glad that we did it. I'm glad we were able to rewatch it. Likewise, what are we doing next week? Uh, next week we are doing Tarzan. <laughs> oh, that's fun <laughs> um, with uh, Emily Morris. Oh, amazing! So uh, say what up? She, yeah, I will. <laughs> She's coming on to that's talk about awesome. Disney's Tarzan. Uh, so, I've never an, seen it. Neither have I. It's our first animated movie. It's on Netflix. You should know that. Is it on Netflix? Yes, it That's is. great news. Mm-hmm. I don't have to pay to see it. Uh, and uh, yeah, I don't know how I feel about this movie. I know that I was pissed that Phil Collins beat Amy Mann for best song. Yeah. Because she should have won. Me too. Um, was she nominated three times? Three times. Wasn't... Well, Save Me. Wise Up. No, she didn't write that. She, she was only nominated for Save Me. Yeah, that was I don't think it would have helped her chances. I think she. Probably... I love Save Me. <laughs> I do too. But uh, that was really my only like knowledge of Tarzan. Uh, I have not seen this movie. I am excited to watch it. Emily is very excited to come on and talk <laughs> about it. Uh, you know, it's definitely. I mean, I don't know. I maybe I'm surprised. Here's the other thing too. Disney, the Disney films of my childhood. The, I mean, Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Lion King, Lion King Untouchable. Agreed. Then I kind of aged out of Disney a little bit, and I missed a bunch of them. And then Pixar happened, and those then I got bad, back. Those on are the, bad movies. Well, I we'll, think, like, we'll, I, we'll see. I think, there are people that love Mulan. I've not seen it. People I've, say Mulan's great. I've, I've seen all these recently, except Tarzan, <laughs> obviously. Um, You've been holding off on this one to watch yeah, with your kids for sure. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've seen Mulan recently. I've seen Pocahontas recently. I've seen Hercules recently. Of all the, I've seen fucking Treasure Lilo Planet, and Road to El Dorado. Seen Road Del Dorado. Um, I've seen Titan AE. I've seen, I haven't seen Titan Atlantis, AE. Atlantis, The Lost Maybe Empire? Atlantis, The Lost uh, Empire? Yeah, I've seen Atlantis. Yes, I've seen Atlantis. Treasure Planet? Yeah, didn't I say that? Treasure oh, Planet. Yeah, we saw that. Yeah. yeah. I've seen all the bad ones. Um, <laughs> we have, I have purposely not watched Tarzan, but my understanding is like, this might be the best of the bad ones. I, I, well, because it was, it was the beginning of that. Like you had Hunchback. We'll get into all of this. Hunchback. Our, Hunchback. Hunchback and Pocahontas were kind of yeah. the two they were like, right next to ridgy other. ones yeah. that were like, things are, yeah. are, getting, are, weird. are we it's getting weird. It's getting weird. Are we losing yeah. a little bit? Yeah. And then um and then I do think people thought Hercules was kind of good. 
Well, Hunchback what? to me, and we'll talk about this in Tarzan, we'll get into more detail, but Hunchback to me is a travesty <laughs> of taking this goddamn piece of literature with Quasimodo as one of those tragic figures in all of literature. Yeah. And he just turns into like a happy-go-lucky guy at the end. Yeah, I don't... It's just like, you can't do that. Well, but they the did. Little, well, you, know, you know, The Little Mermaid dies in... Fair enough. Fair Rose enough. Touche. That's a perfect movie. It is. Also, uh, deeply problematic, but Xander, so thank perfect. you so much for coming Thanks on. Thanks for having me Will on, Will you guys. come on again? Uh, yeah, I got to watch another movie from 99. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, let me look at the list. Okay. <laughs> or or we're, doing some, we're doing some TV as well. We're going to do a, a Sopranos uh, miniseries, a West Wing, a Freaks and don't, Geeks. Don't waste me on one of the good ones. I'll find a weird, <laughs> I'll find a weird movie and we'll talk about it again. <laughs> you're, on, uh, you're on Twitter. It's at Sandra Lehman, right? Yeah, but I'm not really. I love it. I'll, I'll find <laughs> a weird one. Yeah. Uh, I'm at PM Iscove on Instagram and on Twitter. We're at Podcast Like 1999. Let's throw a weird one at him right now. Wait, what? Let's throw a weird, romantic, weird one at him I don't even right know. We'll, 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 we'll look at the one. list. We'll, we'll, look at, we'll figure it out. Kenny's at Nybart on Twitter. Nybart at Twitter. Kenny's chewing on ideas. Trying to think of a we'll weird find, one we'll for him. Uh, how about... Now what are you doing? What are you, how about... What? Uh, you're gonna, no, take the time. Take, take the, the time, time to figure out. You got this. Thank yeah. you so much. Thanks, guys. Later. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's 